Well, we are so thankful for our nursery and Kids Zone volunteers. Uh, so thankful for their commitment to teaching our kids the Bible systematically week after week. Um, so, so thankful for them and the way they serve. If you have your Bibles with you and you'd like them, open, open them with me. Please open them to the book of Jonah. Please open your Bibles to the book of Jonah. It is okay to use a table of contents to find Jonah. Um, if you don't turn there on a regular basis, it may be difficult to find. It is a very short book in the middle of the Minor Prophets where usually people don't go. So uh, feel free to turn to the front of your Bible, find the table of contents, and then find the book of Jonah. This morning we'll be talking about how we are answering God's call on our lives. So I believe God has a call on your life, uh, on my life, on our lives. God has called you to do something, to be something, to go somewhere, stay somewhere. God has called you to follow him and help other people follow him, to be a disciple and make disciples who make disciples. And so the, the question is, who has God called you to? God has called Jonah and we'll see, to a very specific people, to go and give a very specific message. What has God called you to? Who has God called you to? Is part of the questions we'll be answering. And then, what will you do? So, so you're not guaranteed to like the call that God puts on your life. You're not guaranteed to want the call that God puts on your life. You're not guaranteed to feel compatible with the call that God puts on your life. Jonah, in fact, was repulsed by the call that God put on his life, and so he ran away from it. And my question is, what are you doing with the call that God has put on your life? Let's pray before we jump into the book of Jonah. Lord, by your grace, help us surrender. Lord, I pray that you would stand in front of me while I'm in front of them, that you'd talk over me while I talk to them. Do this for your glory and our good and the sake of the world that you love. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we are in the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying. So in the same way that the word of the Lord came to Jonah, I believe, and you believe, if you believe in the Bible, believe that the word himself, Jesus is called the Logos, came to us and put a call on our lives that we were supposed to go and make disciples. So Jonah, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise. Watch that word, arise. We'll see it again. Go to Nineveh. So if you're wondering where Nineveh is, it is uh, where the green arrow is pointing on the map. It is the capital city of Assyria. Let me ask you, do you need a boat to get to Nineveh? No. That great city. So go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. If you're wondering what it would have sounded like to call out against Nineveh, that great city that is a fount of evil, that is the last verse 
in the book of Nahum. They are a source of unceasing evil that is destroying the nations around them. That is the city of Nineveh. That is what the book of Nahum is all about. It is an oracle against the city of Nineveh. So he, God calls Jonah to arise and go. The word of the Lord comes and says, Go, call out against that great city because of its evil. But Jonah rose. So God says, Arise. And so Jonah rises and Jonah flees to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, I'd like you to read the red word with me. Okay? So, and he went down. He went down to Joppa. So if he started in Jerusalem, which I'm trying to hold my clicker steady, you would go, he went down to Joppa. Is that the right way to go to Nineveh? No, that is the wrong way. And found a ship going to Tarshish. We don't know where Tarshish is exactly, but we know it's somewhere across the Mediterranean Sea. Do you need to get on a boat going this way to go to Nineveh? No, he went in the opposite direction. God said, I need you, uh, you are going to go to Nineveh and prophesy. And Jonah said, I will not. I'm going the opposite direction. So he paid the fee and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. Hey, just between the two of us, can you escape from the presence of God? But the Lord hurled. I don't know if they had baseball back then. That's the, that's the picture I get is a hurler. You know, a, a, picture, a pitcher hurling. The Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea. If God hurls a storm, I imagine it's a pretty good one. Or a pretty bad one, depending on your perspective, whether you're on shore or on sea. So that the ship threatened to break up. So have you ever been out on, a sea, on the sea or on a big lake when there was a bad storm? Have you ever been out on the water when you really shouldn't have been? I remember fishing with my dad when I was a little kid, probably third grade, uh, and we were on Lake Gogebic, and a storm felt like, I don't know, it felt like it had been hurled at us. And it, the waves were going up and down and up and down. We're in this little fishing boat, and we're going up and down. And my dad is scared. My dad doesn't get scared on the water, but my dad is scared. And so we're trying to get back, and, and the motor won't start. And so I'm running the trolling motor, and my dad is rowing, and we're going up and down and up and down, and it's raining cats and dogs, and there's this buried railroad track that we didn't know was out there, and we, we get stuck. Maybe we knew it was out there, but you couldn't see it because of the we get stuck on top of this buried railroad track, and we're stuck, and we're going back and forth, and we're afraid we're going to tip over because the giant waves are coming. And I remember saying, Dad, Dad, you got to get out of the boat, and you got to push us off. And my dad looks at me with big eyes and says, I don't want to die. Like it, I mean, it, it was intense. And 
we are in Lake Ogebic. Like, it was a big lake, but not a huge lake. It was not even that deep. They're out in the Mediterranean, and their ship, we were in an aluminum boat. They're in a ship that's about to come apart because God has hurled the storm at them. Then the mariners were afraid. I guess so, if your ship's coming apart. And they each cried out to his own God. And they hurled. Hey, did you see that word before? Have you seen that word before? You'll see it again. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. Like, let's make the boat lighter. Hopefully it will keep floating. Hopefully it won't fall apart. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. Do you get the sense that Jonah is living in denial? I mean, do you get the sense of, like, you know that, like, there's sleep when you're tired and there's sleep when you just want to avoid stuff? Like, there's sleep when your body just needs to rest and then there's sleep when that's the only way you can escape. So the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise! Hey, have you seen that word before? That's what God said, isn't it? Arise, go, go to Nineveh, call out against it. The captain says, arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give, us a, give, us a, give a thought to us and that we may not perish. Like, I don't know, gods do what they want, but maybe you should get up and start praying so maybe your God will help us. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. Like, so they draw straws, and Jonah's straws drawn, and they all look at Jonah, and they're like, so, <laughs> time for you to tell us what's up. What is your occupation, and where do you come from, and what is your country, and of what people are you? Time for some answers, dude. And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea. <laughs> I have to believe that when he said sea, they looked at him like, what are you doing? You worship the God that made the sea, and you just picked a boat to run away? You picked our boat? the sea and the dry land. And the men were exceedingly afraid. They were afraid before because their ship was breaking up, but now they're really, really afraid and said to him, what is this you have done? You're going to take us all down with you. For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had blabbed to them. Because, I don't know, was he bragging? Was he telling? You know, it's maybe probably a small boat. And they're like, so what are you doing? I mean, they have time to talk because there's no TV or radio or anything. So, like, where are you going? Well, I'm on business. Where are you going? Well, I'm, I'm running from God. <laughs> and they said to him, what should we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? A beating? Prayer, like, what do you want us to do? What, what does your God want us to do? 
For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. God is forcing them to make a decision. He had hurled this storm, and he's turning up the dial, up and up and up. And the storm is getting worse and worse and worse, and the ship is coming closer and closer to breaking up. And he said to them, Jonah says to them, pick me up and hurl. Have you seen that word before? The Lord hurls a storm. They hurl luggage. And now Jonah's saying, the only way out is you're going to have to hurl me into the sea. Question. Why doesn't Jonah just jump? I mean, yeah, (laughs) that's right. He doesn't want to. He's not trying to obey God no matter what. I guess. But he, I mean, that's, that's a question I have. Why is he telling them the way out and not just doing it? I don't know. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know that it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Look at me just a second. When you're running from God, you don't get to pick who it affects. When you're running from God, there's always collateral damage. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. You lost all that luggage. Your ship is coming apart. They're afraid they're going to die. Other people suffer when we run from God. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. Here are these sailors doing their very best to save Jonah. They're trying, I mean, they, they're, we'll try to save you, dude. For the sea grew more and more tempestuous, then those next two words are fantastic against them. It's them against God. God is forcing their hand. They're going to have to make a decision, a hard decision. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood. Like, we didn't pick this. We're not trying to murder somebody, but this... For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. We're we're doing what we believe you want. So they picked up Jonah and hurled and hurled him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Here's what I'd want you to know about God. Three truths about God from this first part of Jonah. The first is that God will allow you to flee. You know that? He will let you run if you decide to run. The question is, I guess, 
How far down will you need to go? Will you need to get caught? Is that far enough? Will you need to get fired? Will you need to get arrested? Will you need to go to jail? Will you need a really long sentence? How far down will you need to go before you stop running from God? What will you need to lose? Will you need to lose a scholarship? Will you need to lose a job? Will you need to lose a marriage? Will you need to lose relationships with your kids? Relationships with your grandkids? What will you need to lose? How far down will you have to go before you give up this insanity of running from God? The one who made the heaven and the sea and the dry land. He'll let you run. Like if, if, he, if you're like, I'm going to run, I'm not going to do this, God will say, okay, if you think you can. Do you think you can? Truth number one. He'll let you run. Truth number two, which is really good news. He is inescapable. The good news is you can't get away from him. The good news is you can run and run and run and run and you're going to get tired first. I know I've told you this story before, but my brother-in-law, one of the jobs he did as a police officer in D.C. was jump out of a car and chase drug dealers. And so this one time he jumps out of the car and he's chasing this hulking drug dealer. I mean, hulking. My brother-in-law has about the same build as me, and he's not hulking. And this dude was hulking. And the, the, the drug dealer looks at him like he's ready to fight, and then he turns to run. My brother-in-law is like, oh, good. <laughs> Go ahead and run. Because <laughs> my brother-in-law was training for ultra-marathons at the time. So, so the guy just runs, and Jeff could have caught him and could have fought him, but decided he wasn't ready to surrender yet. So we just let him run until the dude's tongue was dragging on the ground and then he tackled him and fought him. Like, go ahead and run. That's a great idea. See how that goes for you. Where do you think you can run from God? Like, do you think you can wear God out? Do you think you can do that? Do you think you can find a place where God can't find you? Psalm 139 says, you know, where can you go? If I put it in today's language, can you go across the sea and work over there? Can you get away from God on the other side of the ocean? Can you get away from God where you work? Can you hide from God in your basement? Where do you think you can hide from God? Can you hide from him in your screens? Can you hide from him at in your addiction to work? Can you hide from him 
in your addiction to success? Can you hide from him? Where do you think you can hide from him? Man, it's such good news that God can and does run us down. This is good news for us when we are wayward. It is good news when we believe this about our parents or about our kids. They can't run from God either. Not forever. And I think what we need to pray is that God would pursue them like he pursued Jonah instead of turning them over to the hardness of their heart. God lets us run, but God is inescapable. And God is certainly good. He's certainly good. Think of, think of God here. Like, like If I was an employer and Jonah was an employee, I'm not sure I'd keep pursuing him. I think I might say, you know what? You go ahead and go. I'll find somebody else. That's but that's Nathan being fickle. God is pursuing this relationship with Jonah and Nineveh. I mean, Nineveh is an evil, like, just read the book of Nahum if you're curious. Like, Nineveh is evil, and God is insisting on having a relationship with Nineveh and Jonah and you and me. And be, because here's the difference between Jonah and Jesus. Jesus, we read, is not willing that any should perish. Jonah is super willing that Nineveh should perish. Jonah really wants Nineveh to perish. Jonah is willing to risk everything for Nineveh to perish. He's like, they need it. Let them have it. Get them. But Jesus is not willing that Nineveh should perish, nor Jonah, nor you, nor me. And so when Jonah is confronted with a call of God, go and speak against this city, give them the opportunity to, to repent. What does he do? He turns and he runs. When Jesus knows that it is time for him to be taken up, I'm quoting from Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Jesus sets his face towards Jerusalem and walks uphill towards the holy city where he knows he will be offered up on our behalf. Instead of running away, he walks uphill towards it. Instead of going down, he walks up. And Jonah was guilty. But Jonah, though guilty, encouraged them, I guess, to throw him overboard, offering himself to the angry seas so that they could live another day. Jesus is offered up to the wrath of God, though innocent, so that we could live eternally. This is who you're surrendering to. You're surrendering to the God who calls, the God who goes, the God who pursues, the God who lives, dies, and rises. So, what should we do? Well, we should surrender to his call in our lives. Like, if there's anything we can learn you know, what we learn about God is that God will let you flee. God is inescapable, and he is good. He calls people like Jonah 
and uses people like Jonah. He rescues people like Nineveh, people like you, people like me. But what can we learn about Jonah, well, or from Jonah? What we can learn from Jonah is please don't follow Jonah's example. Please stop fleeing from God. Hey, are you running from God? I mean, you probably don't think about it that way. You probably wouldn't talk about it like that. But are you running from, are you surrendered to God? Like, like all the way surrendered to God, like God, everything I have is yours. I am yours. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. Are you 100% surrendered to God? Are you 50% surrendered to God? As long as God calls you to do what you want to do, say what you want to say, stay where you want to stay, go where you want to go. Are you 100% surrendered to God? Who has God called you to? Who has God called you to? Surrender to his call. So this is where we started. We said, our question for reflection this week is, how am I answering God's call on my life? How am I answering God's call on my life? Am I surrendered to him? Am I saying what he wants me to say? Am I going where he wants me to go? Am I doing what he wants me to do? Or am I running away? Hey, we're not done with the book of Jonah. And the book of Jonah is not done with us. Jonah has been thrown into the deep. Jonah can't touch. Jonah is in over his head. Good thing there's grace for when we're in over our head. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this book and we thank you for your call in our lives. Lord, I pray that you'd pull us to yourself. Help us stop running from you. Help us go where you want us to go. Do what you want us to do. Say what you want us to say. Give us wisdom and courage. In Jesus' name, amen.